0: Hello everyone, I'm Sean Dubervac from Avrio Institute.
1: And I'm Ross Rubin at Redical Research.
0: Welcome to another episode of Expansive. This week we thought we'd talk about uh, the uh, Facebook story uh, around their hardware initiatives. You saw some news break from CNBC, The Verge covered it as well. And uh, we thought that fits really nicely given the, the juxtaposition that we saw with apple's earning announcement last week where um, apple announced continued growth in service sales at the same time that iphone sales are declining so for the first time in many years the the rest of the business is uh, a higher percent of revenues than the iphone sales we can talk a little bit about that and then we'll kick in s- uh, another story in advance of some Samsung news this week that I know Ross, you'll be attending and and be reporting on more in our next episode. Uh, so with that, let's dive right in. We saw the the, the story, uh, and Ross, you and I have talked a lot about this on the show. Facebook's attempt to move into hardware clearly the, their purchase of Oculus was partly driven by the desire to be in the hardware business. The push into um, the portal, and we and we talked about how ill timed that was. Was a desire to be more influential in the hardware business and to to be able to control that. Why do you think Facebook is is so determined to be in the hardware space? I think- it's a very tough business. Obviously, it's a business that has historically had very low margins. And as it commoditizes, has has even more compressed margins. So it's a, it's a tough business to want to be in when the rest of their business, the service business, the advertising business, is a high margin and has at least till now been a very strong growth story as well. So,
1: Sean, I, I think you can look at uh, motivators from any number of their competitors, broadly speaking. So uh you look at uh, google which of course has control of the android platform has which has you know 80% of of the global smartphone market probably the most powerful position uh of, of any company in in terms of uh control over the hardware experience that consumers use every day and yet that was not enough for them you know they felt that they still needed to have their own hardware uh, not even partner, but, but have their, as they did with the Nexus program, but have their, their own hardware in terms of these pixel phones. Um, and the reason is that they want to, the reason you want to be in hardware is to be able to control more of the experience. I also think that as a company that was shut out of the smartphone platform business, you know, they never really had a smartphone operating system, it would have been very difficult for them to uh, have a any kind of uh, relationship with, with Apple, for example, they've had a good relationship with Apple uh, if they had been a, a competitor. Um, all of those companies that were shut out of the smartphone OS market have been pursuing new platforms, new device platforms on their own terms. So. The best example is Amazon, which has, star, you know, which which got the whole Alexa train running with the Echo Home Speaker device. And as I probably said before, I'm not super high on that category long term, but it was a great springboard. Uh, to bringing Alexa into all manner of products that uh, it certainly would would not have been a, a part of had Amazon not taken that initiative, uh, and even Microsoft, you know, where they're not playing today really in consumer hardware other than Xbox, but uh, but they've they've started this Hololens augmented reality platform. Yes, it's still expensive. But it is a a great product for them in terms of of the enterprise to offer an experience that simply cannot be offered today on an Apple platform or a, an Android platform. There's just really nothing like it out there. So um, uh, so so that's what the incentive is. Uh, and then of course there's the revenue diversification argument that uh, you have. Uh, Uh, articulated so well uh, over the course of the shows, uh, that it is a low margin business, uh, but at least it is not the advertising business, and particularly with so much scrutiny uh, on their advertising business, uh, they want to explore other ways of, of, uh, of making money, and if it is in a device that they feel can help their Reworked mission of bringing people closer together—that uh, makes a for a stronger argument.
0: There aren't a lot of examples out there, though, of companies that have dedicated hardware. Apple, uh, you know, perhaps, but really, Apple's great strength and growth has came after it opened up the App Store to, th- to third party developers. Uh, whereas the portal and some of the hardware that. That uh, Facebook seems to be looking at is really designed to keep people on platform longer than uh, than they might otherwise be inclined to do, or or they might otherwise do when when then there are, when there are competing offerings or competing applications, competing platforms. Uh, you know, so it, in in some ways, it looks like the Amazon Echo or the Google Home approach, where you're you're offering hardware integrated hardware software experience and it it's designed to keep them engaged with the platform longer but outside of outside of maybe the smart speaker category um i don't really see a lot of hardware categories that do well by only offering a a small select number of uh, of offerings you know that the Value of the TV is that you can get tremendous amount of content from a variety of different channels. If you're looking at cable subscriptions or 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 any more connected services like uh, Prime Video, Netflix, etc. You know, Microsoft with X, Xbox, what you brought up, is maybe a good example of keeping people on platform. But even there, you're seeing them bring in third-party developers and, and uh, third-party software. Games, other things like that, to try to keep people engaged on the platform longer, perhaps the way they move to to a subscription model is is what the future of Facebook might look like if you had other offerings that people really wanted to take advantage of it it's hard for me to see where they really where they really benefit and obviously portal is just their one of their early first initiatives but it it seems hard to uh to see why they would want to be in the hardware business in a dedicated way, uh, unless they feel like it really extends people's engagement with the platform.
1: So I I think of it uh, in a couple of different ways. One, there's a chicken and egg issue, as there always is with new platforms, right? So you have to figure out a way to get the device uh, in, in the hands of more customers. Uh, before you can make an attractive message to developers, and the um, uh, you know we we can look at the app model on smartphones today, and say uh, you know this is not an ideal experience to have to switch between all these screens and keep all these things open and go back to the home screen and launch things. Uh, that uh, you know that that seems a bit suboptimal, at least to me, uh, in a mobile experience. But when Apple launched the iPhone and it launched it, and even before Apple, actually, with with some of the earlier smartphones, Windows Mobile, you know, they kept this app model because it was what people understood from the desktop, uh, and and so um, so that provided a a Proven way for developers to add functionality, and now what we see uh, is on the Echo, uh, those types of devices. Yes, they are platforms. Yes, we have uh, spoken before about the proliferation of voice-driven skills on these platforms, but um, but they the, the the model of of how you monetize these things and how they're accessed and discovered is less mature I would argue than than it is on the smartphone today with uh, you know with the app model. And then the other thing I think about portal in particular is that this is really just a physical extension of what they have been trying to do for many years with messenger uh messenger, you know, trying to turn messenger into an app platform, trying to turn messenger into a a WeChat uh, type of of experience. And the thinking, I suppose, goes that if between the desktop and mobile and portal platforms, you can keep people more engaged with messenger, uh, that provides a richer base for developers to, um, to add services. And again, you know, they've, they've certainly tried very aggressively over the years, there have been some hit and miss examples. Certainly a lot of small businesses have flocked to it for, uh, customer service and sales and so forth. But, uh, but it's, it's as an even more emerging platform and one that is often subject to constraints of. Uh, the company owning the host platform—it's—it's uh, been—it's been challenging for Facebook to to build on that.
0: Yeah, and and maybe the ultimate desire, the ultimate aim, is an always-on video type experience where you could connect with a real person. So you see some of their competitors, namely Google, focusing on automated information delivery and and you saw that with their duo and some you know some of their other approaches where you might use a a uh, automated environment to get information about when a store is open or to book an appointment at the salon or do something else like that maybe the the design is to have a a platform where you can directly reach somebody and communicate with them and so it it's uh cutting through some of the automation that it, that happens and Uh, You could imagine that showing up in lots of small businesses and and even larger enterprises are constantly looking at how they connect workers in a different way. So as perhaps as we have more fragmented work environments and you have more telecommuting type environments, you'll have greater need for kind of always on, always available video chats. Yeah, so. I, I
1: actually love the idea of, uh, physical environments, banks, retailers, hotels, et cetera, having these things set up for people waiting in line so that they could, you know, have you ever been on a line and, and one of the people from the store runs up to you to like, try to get your order in advance to yeah, save you a, a little time? Model, right? yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've, I mean, I've seen it in other places too, but, uh, but yeah, you know, if you could like sort of mount these things on the line so that you could engage with people, you know, that that could be a, a great application. Look, at the end of the day, Portal is just a camera, a screen, uh and and an internet connection. You know, and you can use it basically for anything. It's uh uh you you know, the the Alexa Show is is not so very different a device, and I you know, when when Google introduced its uh new Nest Home or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, it's um, you know they added a camera on it and it you know just to sort of uh, uh, needle Facebook a little bit. You know they showed the same roving framing of of people as they moved around the room, uh, which is uh, Portal's uh, slickest trick. Um, right. and, and Google has also been uh, struggling with its Duo uh, video video platform. So, um, so again, I, I think the goal is to get this thing into homes, and then you can launch, you know, any number of services onto it. Um, but as the, as the article points out, uh, it was uh, in, on CNBC. Uh, it, it's really been a struggle, and uh, the timing could not have been worse. As right. um, I'm almost positive we mentioned on the show uh, last Definitely year, we did. yeah, about how, <clears throat> excuse me, this thing came out at the. Nadir of uh, well, nadir so far of uh, of Facebook's uh, privacy issues. Right.
0: Well, and you see also the long time horizon that was involved in building the hard work, so that helps explain some of the reasons of why it launched. And then the desire of just hey, we have we we've been working on these for years, we need to launch them. So I'm sure there had to be been some internal recognition that the timing wasn't great, but because they had been working on it. For so long and it had lined up distribution channels and other things it was time to to take it to, to market i mean i've seen it in best buys with great uh shelf space positioning and, and other places so it you know and we we talked about the commercials that we were seeing for it during uh, a variety of different programs at, at different hours and so there was a tremendous amount invested into the the process of bringing it to market as well so um, and, and probably we will see more uh, in, in this space. It, I think there's a desire to tie all of the Facebook-owned properties together, uh, obviously, as they think about how they address public policy concerns around antitrust and and market power. Uh, you might see hardware that's designed to leverage everything that's happening within the Facebook universe, communicating across a variety of different of different platforms. So it'll be interesting mm. to see what comes next. Uh, with that, why don't we shift Ross to the second thing we were going to talk about today, which is uh, in advance of the Samsung event later this week, uh, we continue to see strong competition between operating systems in the, the mobile space, both from iPhone, obviously, and then from from Apple, uh, I mean, from um, Google and and Android, and then Samsung obviously always thinking about how they fit into that environment as well.
1: So, yeah, I, I think this relates to the idea of uh, the iPhone's waning sales, the decline. I, I think it's something of a, uh, a harbinger, a turning point, uh, as we start thinking about the post smartphone future. And uh Samsung of course has its uh Galaxy Note uh, event happening uh here in, in Brooklyn uh later later this week. And in advance of that um, it has announced a couple of products in we can call them adjacent categories, uh a new Galaxy active smartwatch and I think two new um tablets. Um, One is a a flagship, uh, the Tab S6, so the sixth generation of their top-of-the-line premier tablet, and one I think was more of a um, mid-tier E-series or A-series, I think, uh, tablet, a smaller smaller device. Uh, And uh, I I think both of these uh, categories are good examples of how Android has uh, failed to expand significantly uh, beyond the smartphone, how in some ways Google just has not had the attention span or wherewithal to evangelize and support uh, companies that are uh, producing these kinds of products. Certainly, as we mentioned, uh, as I mentioned a little earlier, Uh, As it contemplates its own hardware, uh, Google has announced that it is getting out of the tablet business altogether. Uh, And even before it did that in its last one or two iterations, it stopped producing Android tablets and switched over to Chrome uh, for uh, for that device class. So uh, Samsung is, is really just about the last company standing, certainly last major company standing, uh in terms of uh android tablets uh and uh you know they have to contend with uh, a, a number of things such as a uh version of of chrome on android that's really subpar uh a lack of optimized applications but but it also speaks to the uh challenge of building app ecosystems to compete with with android uh and uh there has also been quite a bit of news on that front lately uh with uh Huawei uh media uh, chinese uh, media reporting that Huawei will be uh testing a sub $300 phone running its own operating system uh that uh that it has developed as a um as a hedge uh, against uh, being blocked from using Android um i think it's called the humming os uh so we'll we'll have to see what what that looks like um and uh i've also been looking recently at a number of companies that are trying to create secure transparent alternatives to android uh that have no ties to google so there have been a, a few of these efforts one of them from a non-profit called the eFoundation, which is uh, the way they're going about it is stripping out any reference to Google in, in the Android code uh, and trying to build up services to replace the Google services. So even if you uh, remove Google Play and uh, the core Google apps, there's still a lot of stuff apparently that goes through Google services, even in a more vanilla version of uh, of Android. Uh, And the other effort is from a company called Purism, which is a social corporation, a social benefit corporation, something like that. Uh, And it's, um, which means that there's something in their charter uh, that they they need to provide a a public good uh, or that they're encouraged to provide a public good. Uh, This is a company that started shipping laptops uh, about four years ago that uh, were Linux laptops that were... Used all of these open source drivers that had uh, some interesting features, such as kill switches for the camera and microphone, so that if you wanted to make sure those weren't being used against you, you could turn them off. And they are bringing many of these concepts to a smartphone called the Librem Five, uh, and it runs on Linux, so it, it's not Android. Uh, it's going to—they're really going to be building this brick by brick, so to speak. So. Uh, when the thing ships in the fall, it basically the only thing you're gonna be able to do with it is make and receive calls and text messages, and then they're gonna build up from there. However, uh, over the past few years, they have uh, developed quite a library of applications for their laptops, and they have also worked on a way to bring many of those applications uh, to the smartphone through uh, responsive user interface design. So uh, the interesting thing I think about this company is that they have been able to invest uh, in, in efforts like this smartphone, which has been a pretty significant R&D effort, just based on the profits of their laptops. So they are self-sustaining. And to me, it's also interesting how they're kind of taking... An Apple-like vertical integration approach. The design goals are extremely different, uh, but you know they are sourcing their own silicon. You know they're not going to Qualcomm or MediaTek. They went to a company called NXP, which generally doesn't play in the smartphone space, and said, "You know, give us a processor." Uh, they're keeping all of the key computing modules separate and separate from the cellular baseband to uh, in increased security. So, uh, and then we even building, uh, a group of services on top of it that they call Libram one. So, uh, interesting company, uh, obviously at a very small scale right now, but, but also kind of interesting to think that, you know, as, as we move, uh, as, you know, sort of the, as, as we hit peak smartphone, so to speak, at, at least, uh, for among the most, uh, advanced models, what may surface as, uh, as people and companies look look to alternatives, uh, particularly in a uh, an age of um, privacy and uh, you know trade confidentiality and and security issues
0: yeah, I think as you see similarities between all of the the hardware and as it becomes more difficult to differentiate hardware at least the the growth of that differentiation slows, then you'll see the differentiation move to other features. And, and that's obviously uh, you know, privacy, uh, moving away from services like Google and others will be where companies will try to differentiate themselves. And, and to your point, Ross, you probably will see that piece grow. Whether it grows sufficiently remains to be seen. Uh, obviously, Apple talked about this in the earnings call last week of moving their services to other platforms and Mm -hmm. at at least for now outside of the ones that are already there it seems like their focus is in in uh, the apple ecosystem and they pointed to the high number of used sales that they have of of used apple devices and how those create new opportunities for Mm -hmm. them and new Mm -hmm. new customers for them new nodes on their network so they'll be focusing uh there and driving services to to Apple hardware owners. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I feel like it. We probably that those fringe movements will remain fringe, that you won't see those become mass market plays, even right. in an aggregate. Uh, it, it seems like we're kind of moving into a, a bit of a, a status quo with respect to where market share is. And you'll see some churn on the edges, but I think it will remain... It, Roughly where it is today.
1: Yeah, I, I do think though that, um, regardless of how much progress these uh, these these efforts can uh, can make, uh, it's to me become pretty clear over the past two years that Google is simply not. Um, uh, not viewing android as as a champion platform um, uh, and so what are the implications of that we'll see it, it you know it's it's really sort of diverting to becoming more like plumbing um, and you know they they haven't made any secret of that over the past few years uh launching all kinds of uh ai and machine driven machine learning driven uh, applications on top of it like google lens uh but um It'll be interesting to see how much they're willing to invest even to remain competitive. Um, also some of it may be that they're reluctant to add too many, uh, powerful processor demanding features, uh, on purpose because, you know, they want to keep the core platform affordable, right? Um, they want to be able to make it an option for developing uh, economies, and there have also been some interesting alternatives developing at that end that we can talk about another time. Uh, but uh, but I, I think that there's this uh, this historic rivalry between iOS and Android uh, is really um, changing. You know, I, I think despite its new services push. Uh, and in line with what you just said, Sean, uh, Apple still views the operating systems as highly strategic assets. Uh, and I think for Google, it's really be, becoming uh, more of a commodity. So,
0: Yeah. Good. Well, it will be interesting to see what more comes of this. And it'll be interesting to uh, catch up in a couple of days and hear your thoughts, Ross, on the uh, announcements coming from Samsung and, and how those will uh, play out. We're definitely moving into the f- the fall now, where we're start- starting to see more announcements in preparation of the the holiday season, and also in advance of a uh, CES Mobile World Congress and some of the other events that will come in the new year. So, with that, we encourage you to tune in for the next episode of Techspansive, which will drop in a couple of days, and we'll be covering Samsung. For now, you can reach. Me on Twitter at Sean Dubervac.
1: And me on Twitter at Ross Rubin.